The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. This podcast is sponsored by Fiverr.com. Fiverr is a marketplace for creative and digital freelance services. And in fact, I use Fiverr for quite a lot of the things that we do here at Cognolytica and AI Today, including the editing of this podcast, the generation of transcripts, and more. I definitely encourage you to take a look at using Fiverr for your creative and digital needs today. And I have a special offer for you today. Use the promo code AI Today for 15% off your first purchase on Fiverr.com. Offer valid until December 31st, 2018. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmilzer. So on today's podcast, we'd like to do something a little bit different. We're going to be a hands-on with some of our favorite conversational devices and see how smart they are. And we're also going to talk about and answer the question about whether the term chatbot is even really the right one to be using, or perhaps there may be a better term that's more useful for what you're trying to accomplish. Right. So the first question that we really should be asking is, why do we need chatbots at all? So when you want to interact with a computer system using natural language that humans speak rather than computer speak like swiping or clicking or typing, you're going to want to use a chatbot. So we've talked about this in depth in our recent chatbots podcast. And if you're interested in listening to that podcast, we will link it in the show notes. But let me just give a quick recap of what we said. So there's certain situations where you want to talk to a computer. This can be interacting with phone support or interacting with devices when you can't use your hands, such as if you're driving or you're flying a plane or you're operating heavy equipment, or if there's situations where people just would prefer to talk instead of typing. So long story short, people want to be talking to their computers. If you look at every sci-fi movie, you'll see this. Any futuristic, you know, movie in general, they always are talking, not typing, doing all that. So there's two ways that you can communicate with a chatbot. You can either use your voice or you can type. So when do you want to use our voice to talk to systems and when do we want to type our sentences? So we've talked about this in our assistant-enabled commerce podcast, and we will link that in the show notes as well. But what we said is that voice is used when there's either no way to type or, you know, it's not a good interaction, kind of how we had set up if you're driving. So voice bots include Google Home, Siri, Alexa, Microsoft Cortana, and more and more come out every day. Voice is good if there's a short back and forth. And with voice, you can initiate the conversation. So it's pull, but it's not push. Type is good when the communication with voice is too long. So text mode chatbots include Facebook Messenger, Slack, Kick, SMS text messages, Google Hangout, and more. So text is good if there's a longer back and forth. Text can also initiate and it can message you as well. So it can initiate and do push and pull. And we had said that voice isn't good for doing the push marketing because you may not be home when it talks to you. You may be sleeping when it talks to you. It may be at an inappropriate time. And then it also comes up with some security and privacy concerns. If, you know, people would think that it's just listening to you all the time. And maybe you say a certain trigger word, you know, you say I'm hungry and then it gives you 
oh, well, here's pizza deals. And I don't think people would be very happy with that. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, these both, as in voice and text chatbots, do the same thing. They'll process natural language interaction and convert it into something a computer can understand. But just how good are these conversational devices? So now that we're seeing an increasing range of new things using either voice-to-speech or text-to-speech capabilities here, or I should say speech-to-text or typing interfaces, we really want to note, I mean, are we at a point where we can reliably use our voice recognition capabilities, whether it's in any of these devices or in our chat bots or anything like that? And we're going to go through a lot of different scenarios here. So the first one, and we're not going to test this directly here, but for those of you that are familiar, some of these devices do have really good ability to pick things up. They can listen to you, especially in a quiet room, but they're not so good when it's noisy. And there are many situations, if you're like really trying to talk to a bot in a factory, yeah. and <laughs> it is a loud factory, it's hard to say this will pick it up. I mean, like we can do a quick example here. Like I've got Alexa in the room. And I can say, Alexa, what time is it? The time is 3.42 p.m. Now I'm going to have Kathleen ask the same question. Alexa, hey, what time what? is it? I didn't get that. Try it again. Alexa, what time is it? Hey, what? The time is 3.43 p.m. All right. So Kathleen didn't really like that particularly, but I can tell you I have kids <laughs> and they really enjoy doing that. They enjoy sort of talking over me as well, I'm doing... if you have a TV on in the background and maybe mm -hmm. it's loud mm -hmm. or music on in the background. Yeah. Of course, you do need to have a loud enough voice volume. If you've ever had this experience, you're just too quiet and you go, Alexa, what's the temperature? Alexa, what's the time? I'm doing it right now. It's not even triggering. Because I'm not... Oh, in Ellicott City. I'm wrong. <laughs> All right. Triggered. Well, I guess if you have laryngitis. Yes. For more of the same. Exactly. High of All right, let's stop. See, well, I can't even tell her to stop. So anyway, long story short, those are physical issues with the devices. And I think that does indicate there are certain situations where you have control over the environment where they will just function better. We also talked about some people have accents that are not easily understood. There's a great video that we're going to link to in a show notes that shows a bunch of different accents and people talking to it. And you'll see it's pretty variable. Some it does better with certain accents. The answer to that, that a lot of these device manufacturers will tell you is to train it. You have to train your device on your specific accent and it gets better, which is true. And then also I'd say, you know, there's the issue of kids versus adult voices. Like Kathleen, you mentioned this now a couple of times, Tess talking to Alexa. Yeah. So I have a two-year-old and she loves to talk to Alexa, but Alexa doesn't always understand her. And sometimes children have different inflections in their voice. They use different words than we do. So she's not always easily understandable. Okay. So we're going to do a different test here. So now, first of all, we're going to test just do these devices understand the words? Because because in, especially in English, we have this problem where a lot of words sound the same, but they just mean different things. So I could say, hey, Alexa, what are the five senses? Sensory actions are see, sight, hear, and magnetic sense. Okay, not bad. Hey, Google, what are the five senses? Five senses, the faculties of sight, smell, hearing, taste, and touch. Okay, not bad. Alexa, what are my five cents? Sorry, I don't know that one. Uh, hey, Google, what are my five cents? According to Wikipedia, my two cents and its longer version, put my two cents in, is an American idiomatic expression. Hey, Google, stop. Okay, so clearly we, we had a little problem. We're going to actually ask Siri this question as well here, because we, we're not going to test Siri and everything, but we will. Okay, Siri, what are my five cents? Let me think about that. Here's what I found on the web for what are my five senses. Okay. So okay, well, that pulled up five senses. Yeah. Alexa, what are my five sentences? Sorry, I don't know that one. Hey, Google, what are my five sentences? I couldn't find anything related to five sentences. Siri, what are my five sentences? 
Here's what I found on the web for what are my five sentences. All right. So I think what we find here, clearly, obviously, if you asked a human what are your five sentences, they'd be like, what the heck are you talking about? Yeah. Right? And even if you were said, what are my five cents? They'd say like, well, what do you mean cents? Like cents, pennies, senses and smells. I think a, a human would know to clarify. I think really what we're showing here is that the device is just making a sum. Either they just totally give up. They're like, sorry, don't know what the hell you're talking about. It's interesting that Alexa did a better job of knowing that I didn't say senses. Google assumed that I meant senses. So it provided an answer there. And, and actually, Siri also assumed that Kathleen misspoke. So that's interesting. Let's go to a little more complicated things here. So the other thing to talk about is word combinations. If you ask the same sentence in different ways, sometimes this, the systems get a little confused. So let me ask this first question here, and Kathleen will ask as well. Alexa, where do I see a movie? Here are a few movies playing near you today. Alexa, stop. Hey, Google, where do I see a movie? I found a few movie theaters near you. Siri, where do I see a movie? I found 17 theaters. Okay. They're not in Alex. All right, so let's change it up a little bit. I'm going to do it in like the Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> Pulp Fiction style. Alexa, movies, where are they seen? Here are a few movies. Okay, not bad. Today. Alexa, stop. Black Panther. Alexa, stop. Alexa, stop. See? There you go. Hey, Google, movies, where are they seen? Sorry, I can't help with that yet. Hey, Google, movies, where are they seen? Sorry, I can't help All right. with that yet. Google cannot do that sentence formulation. Movies, where are they seen? Here are some movies. All right, so Siri did okay with that one. All right, so let's keep cranking here. Let me ask it a different question. So, Alexa, if I saw a movie, where would I see it? Oh, Alexa just barfed on that one. Alexa. I disagree, though, that this is doing okay, because we're asking where you see a movie, not what movies are showing. So it's not actually answering the question that we're asking. That's true, because it'd be like, well, you would see a movie in a movie theater, wouldn't you? Right. Well, let me ask it. Alexa, if I saw a movie, where would I see it? This might answer your question. I found nine Saw movies, including Saw. Saw 2. Uh, uh, Alexa, saw stop. Saw. Come it on, thinks, this is weird. So, it thinks I'm talking about the movie Saw. Oh, oh. And it yeah. wants it. See, so, <laughs> so this is not helpful because this is not actually answering your question. It's making an assumption and it's pushing you right. to movie theater. Right. But all I was really doing was just kind of playing with the word order. And obviously in the English, the answer. word order means different things. But, but like I still said, where do I see a movie? And actually that was the first question I asked. And actually, where do I see a movie? A movie theater. Right. It's the same answer. Right. So so okay, let me ask a different one. And I actually want to show you this. It actually does behave differently. So go, Alexa, what is the weather? Right now in Ellicott City. Alexa, Alexa stop. Degrees. Hey, Google, what's the weather? Currently in Baltimore, it's 51 and Hey, Google, coffee. stop. We don't need Today, to it'll be partly... We don't need to test this on Siri because we know it'll work. But let me do this one. Alexa, weather, weather, weather. Right now in Ellicott City. It's 51 degrees Fahrenheit. Alexa, stop. Hey, Google, weather, weather, weather. Currently in Baltimore, it's 51 and cloud... Give that a try on Siri. Siri, weather, weather, weather. Here's the weather today. Yeah. So what does that mean? Why is it understand? Because it's just clearly keyword. It's like, it's just like, it knows if you just say the word weather, it doesn't matter what you say otherwise. I did try something. It didn't really work very well, but I can try it here. Alexa, weather, weather, rainbow. Currently in Ellicott City, it's... It doesn't matter what you say. <laughs> Alexa, stop. Alexa, weather, weather, brown, brown. In Ellicott City, it's 51 Alexa, stop. Fahrenheit with cloudy skies. Alexa, stop. I think Google does the same thing. Hey, Google, weather, weather, brown, brown. Sorry, I don't know how to help with okay, that. Okay, so uh, Google figured out that it was not making any sense. I, I don't know what Siri would do, but we can we can ask. So anyway, long story short, even if it understands your words and you do weird things with them, they do not provide predictable answers, or at least they don't even attempt to clarify. Like, well, what do you mean by weather, weather, brown, brown? Do you mean what's the weather in Brownsville, Texas? Or what's the weather when it's brown out? <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. Either way, don't assume that the system actually knows what the hell you're talking about. So let's move on a little bit here. We can get something really interesting. We want to have a real conversation with these devices. We don't want to just be like, you know, thinking in bot speak because it's not natural. We don't think in terms of, oh, I'm going to speak to a bot. Let me reformulate my sentences in a way that bot can do. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't understand. So, for example, Alexa, what just happened? Sorry, I'm not sure. Hey, Google, what just happened? Where? Mm, that's, good. that's a little smarter. Siri, what just happened? I thought so. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> Siri, what just happened? Interesting question. Hmm, there you go. All right, this is an easier one. I'm going to do these few in a row, actually, and Kathleen did the same thing. Alexa, what is five plus five? The sum of five and five is 10. Alexa, what's five more than that? The sum of five and 10 is 15. Okay, figured it out. Hey, Google, what's five plus five? The answer is 10. Hey, Google, what's five more than that? Hey, Google, what's five more than that? Here's a summary from the website wiseant.com. If those two quantities are the same, then X. So 2X must be All 10. Right. Let me just give it, let me give it the benefit of the doubt here. Uh, hey, Google, what is five plus five? The answer is 10. Hey, Google, what is five more than that? Here's a summary from the website wiseant.com. Oh. Sorry, Google, man, you failed that test. Siri, what is five plus five? It's 10. What is five more than that? Siri, what is five more than that? Here's what I found on the web for what no. is... No. So Siri cannot have a conversation. Also, what I find very frustrating about this, more than the answers that they're giving, I don't say, hey, Ron, what's this? Hey, Ron, what's five more than that? Hey, Ron. Like, <laughs> I don't have trigger words when I talk to you. That's not, to me, natural language. Yeah, exactly. I think actually I mentioned that earlier that sometimes actually the funny thing is both of these devices can be too sensitive with the action keyword. Obviously, we had to be careful in our monologue here because we were accidentally triggering it. And there's an interesting point for those of you wondering, there was a Super Bowl ad in which Alexa was featured. And it was interesting because the Alexa devices were not being triggered. This is something we talked about in our AI Today Facebook group. And that's because if you filter the audio and you remove a certain part of the spectrum, it's like a trigger to Alexa not to ignore the trigger word. Hmm. So something to learn, you can hack a device that way. You actually really can hack your own voice that way. So let's ask a few more interesting questions. Okay, following the same category. So Alexa, what's the price of toilet paper? Okay. I can search for different kinds, like Charmin. Alexa, stop. Would you Alexa, what is the price of toilet paper at Walmart.com? Okay. I can search for different kinds. Uh, I'm Charmin. Alexa, stop. Interesting how it brought up Charmin twice. Yeah, first of all, brought up Charmin twice. And I've done this experiment. It does not look up the prices at Walmart. It's looking them up on Amazon for obvious reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Google. What's the price of toilet paper? On the website savannahnow.com, they say, divide that price in half. $2 would be a good price for 400 square feet of one-ply toilet paper. Price per roll. It's not the best calculation, but it can bring a good price. Wow. That was so freaking random. (laughs) Hey, Google. Hey, Google. What is the price of toilet paper at walmart.com? Sorry, I can't help with that yet. Siri, what is the price of toilet paper? Here's what I found on the web for what is the price of toilet paper. Oh, and the first response is? Walmart. There you go. (laughs) We don't even ask. So uh, I'm going to do a couple more quick ones because you have a little more in-depth things to do. I don't want this podcast to be too long. So let me just do this couple quick questions here. And I think Kathleen will ask as well. So Alexa, where is the nearest dry cleaner? Based on your zip code settings, here are a few popular ones. Magic dry cleaners. Festival cleaner. Alexa, stop. Alexa, is it still open? Alexa, is it still open? Alexa won't even answer that one. Is it still open? Won't even respond. Hey, Google, where's the nearest dry cleaner? The address for Crown Cleaners is Crown Cleaners. Hey, Google. West Cold Spring. Is it still open? The opening hours for Crown Cleaners are not available. Google won that one. How about Siri? Siri, what is the nearest dry cleaner? Here's what I found. Okay, gave a different dry cleaner. It sure did. (laughs) (laughs) 
Siri, is it still open? I couldn't find any matching places. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't understand context. Let me just we'll do two more quick questions. I'm going to switch keys here and, and go into some of the more complicated questions. So, Alexa, what's the weather tomorrow? Tomorrow in Ellicott City. Alexa, stop. Be- Alexa, what is the how about the day after that? I screwed that one up. But see, sorry, I don't know that. Hey, Google, what's the weather tomorrow? Tomorrow in Baltimore, it will be sunny with a high of 56 and a low of 39. Hey, Google. How about the day after that? Wednesday in Baltimore, it'll be mostly cloudy with a high of 57 and a low of 45. I'm going to give Alexa just a little credit here. Let me try to get it faster wrong. Alexa, what's the weather tomorrow? Tomorrow in Ellicott City, there will be mostly sunny weather. Alexa, how about the day after that? Right now in Ellicott City, Hmm. it's 51 degrees Fahrenheit with cloudy skies. Alexa, stop. Today's forecast is clouds and showers. Alexa, stop. Oh, my goodness. Siri, what's the weather tomorrow? Nice weather coming up tomorrow, up to 57 degrees and sunny. How about the day after that? Okay, here's the weather for Wednesday. Okay, so Siri actually did okay. So we have a bunch more questions here. So let's see if we can kind of plow through them because some of these are really interesting how wrong the systems get. Yeah. So uh, first of all, in these devices, the first question category is, do they even understand what we're trying to ask? And can they formulate sentences the way that humans formulate sentences? If I ask you what the weather is like tomorrow, and they say, well, how about the day after that? You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? And if you ask some of these other, all these other questions, these are so obvious. You know, what's five plus five? What's five more than that? What's the price of toilet paper? What's the price of toilet paper? Wall? Walmart.com, you know, was the newest direct. All these things are easy. So, so the other ones, this next category of questions are the questions that require some knowledge about something. So we're going to do a few. I have like a million of them here, but let's start with this one. Alexa, what is red plus blue? Hmm. Maybe the skill resistor decoder can help. Hmm. Do you want to try it? No. That's a really weird way to ask a question, though. Hey, Google, what's red plus blue? According to Wikipedia, when red and green combine, the result is yellow. When red and blue combine, the result is magenta. When blue and green combine, the result is cyan. Additive mixing is used in television and computer... Okay, that's nice. Siri, what is red plus blue? Okay, I found this on the web for what is red plus blue. Yeah, yeah, Siri, always defaulting to the red plus blue. So let's ask a few more interesting questions. These are kind of funny jokes that my eight-year-old and my four-year-old will know. Alexa, what weighs more, a ton of feathers or a ton of bricks? While feathers are generally much lighter than any other material, when you have two equal masses of two different objects, they will always weigh the same. That's true. Hey, Google, what weighs more, a ton of feathers or a ton of bricks? Neither. They both weigh a ton. Mm-hmm. Siri, what weighs more, a ton of feathers or a ton of bricks? Okay, I found this on the web for what weighs more a ton of feathers or a ton <laughs> oh, of Oh, Siri, you're so useless. Alexa, how much do a ton of carrots weigh? Sorry, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Hey, Google, how much do a ton of carrots weigh? Sorry, I don't understand. Siri, how much do a ton of carrots weigh? Here's what I found on the web for how much do a ton of carrots oh, weigh. Oh, Siri. Three ways to use up a bag of carrots. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's not it. Carrots fattening. So here's the thing. Now, if I ask the question, it's kind of obvious. Alexa, what weighs more, a ton of peas or a ton of carrots? Sorry, I don't know that. Hey, Google. What weighs more, a ton of peas or a ton of carrots? Sorry, I'm not sure how to help. Now, it's kind of funny because didn't it just answer that question with feathers and bricks? Yeah. Yeah, because feathers and bricks is a well-known joke and peas and carrots are not. So it's stupid. It doesn't understand, it didn't really understand that question. It had a pre-formulated answer to that very specific question. As a matter of fact, just to show you how funny this is, one more example. Alexa, how much does the sun weigh? The sun's mass is four million. All right, Alexa, stop. That's a big number. Hey, Google, what does the sun weigh? Sun has a mass of 1.989. Alexa, how much does the Earth weigh? Earth's mass is 13 septillion. Uh, Alexa, stop. Hey, Google, how much does the Earth weigh? Earth has a mass of 5.9. So we've proven that these devices know how much they weigh. Alexa, what weighs more, the sun or the Earth? Sorry, I'm not sure. Hey, Google, what weighs more, the sun or the Earth? 
On the website coolcosmos.ipac.caltech.edu, they say, the sun is 864,400 miles across. All right. You can listen to that whole answer. I guarantee you it's not going to actually answer the question. <laughs> I'm kind of curious now. Do you think Siri would answer that question? Siri, what weighs more, the sun or the earth? Okay. I found this on the web for what weighs more, the sun oh, or the earth. goodness gracious. I know. See, it's not actually going to be the answer. No. It's just basically pulling up useless you know, if yeah. i wanted to let, this, for me, I, I, can we put siri to rest on this one for, for a moment i think we just proved something siri can take your question in voice form and maybe sometimes provide an answer but otherwise it's providing a response just giving you results of searches how useful is that I mean, I might as well just voice useless voice to text in a useless in a search. <laughs> now, supposedly Apple's got a new device we're not able to test right now. That's we'll see if their device is better because it doesn't have a visual interface. So we'll see if the device is any better. But I don't know. Siri on the phone, piece of junk. Sorry, Apple. I just want to get one other thing here. This is the thing. It really does. These systems don't understand anything. If I go, Alexa, who is Boy George? Boy George is an English. Alexa, singer. stop. Alexa, is he still alive? I'd rather not answer that. Alexa, stop. Alexa, is Boy George alive? Yes. As Ale far as I know, Alexa, Boy George is alive. Alexa, stop. Hey, Google, who is Boy George? According to Wikipedia, Boy George is an right. English singer. Hey, Google, is he still alive? My apologies. I don't understand. Hey, Google, is Boy George alive? My apologies. I don't understand. I'll give you one more chance. Hey, Google, is Boy George alive? Sorry, I don't understand. Of course you don't. I mean, I can ask this question, but it's kind of dumb. You know, ask either of these devices, if George Washington or Boy George, ask who, which of them died first, actually ask any of them they're who alive, all those questions. Siri, who died first, George Washington or Boy George? Okay, I found this on the web for a while. <laughs> question, Siri, who died first? Uh, Boy George didn't die, so really the question should be, Boy George is alive. Exactly. Now, I have another one here. I want to be mindful of the time of this podcast. Hopefully you're enjoying this as much in the podcast as we are, especially <laughs> if you're reading this for the first time. This is really interesting. If you're using, a lot of people who use devices like the Amazon Echo devices are using them in places like kitchens, because as we talked about before, you know, one of the reasons why you'd use a voice-enabled device is because typing and swiping is just not convenient. And if you have your hands inside of a turkey, that's a really not a great time to be pulling out your phone and asking a question like, Alexa, can I put crystal in the dishwasher? Sorry, I'm not sure. Oh, you can ask it as many times as you want to Alexa and it will not give you an answer. For that one? Mm -hmm. Alexa, can I put crystal cutlery or what is it? Crystal, no, crystal glassware. Yeah. Alexa, I'm not quite sure. Can I put crystal glassware in a dishwasher? Sorry, I'm not sure. Alexa, can I put Waterford in the dishwasher? Sorry, I don't know huh? that one. Hey Google, can I put crystal in the dishwasher? On the website thecogen.com, they say... Dishwasher detergent and heat can potentially chip or crack fine crystal. Don't risk ruining your very expensive and precious items and just hand wash them instead. Thank you, Google. Wooden utensils, some wooden items. Okay, which device would you rather have in your kitchen? <laughs> 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 so, you know, there's, there's a bunch of things to do. I think in our show notes, we'll give you a bunch of other questions you can well, answer. And with Siri, too, I do need to activate it by pressing a button. Mm -hmm. So that's not helpful in a kitchen. Right. If my hands are messed. So, I mean, long story short, man, I don't want to tell you, these devices are stupid. Okay, I mean, Google is really good at pulling up results from search queries. And, and in some cases, like the one which we just asked, they actually did a good job of parsing 
and getting an mm -hmm. answer to what I'm specifically asking for. But a lot of times it doesn't do it. Amazon Alexa just gives up a lot. It just gives up a lot. You know, I found that it's been having a lot of trouble lately, even understanding me. Like when I ask, what's the weather? It's been giving me trouble. Mm -hmm. But like there's also certain things like it just can't get facts right. Like one of the questions that we put in here that you can try is like, what's faster, an earthworm or a cheetah? I mean, it's the kind of thing that even if you didn't know for whatever reason you didn't know, you could look at how fast an earthworm is and how fast a cheetah is and like, oh, well, cheetah's faster than an earthworm. Yeah. These devices cannot figure it out. They right. just cannot figure out. As I mentioned, this is the fourth category here. It's like, well, you have to get some piece of information and then use that information to help them with the answer. If you ask the question, this is actually a really interesting joke. You should ask your kids this, especially if they're in preschool, and ask the question. I'm going to ask Kathleen. Kathleen, what's the nearest star? What's the nearest star? Like yeah, the closest what, star? Yeah, what's the closest star? The sun. Yes, very good. <laughs> Alexa, what's the nearest star? The nearest star is sun. Hey, Google, what's the nearest star? According to Wikipedia, Proxima Centauri, or Alpha Centauri yeah. C, is a red dwarf. Thank God we're not using Google Home in our autonomous spacecraft and we're all in cryogenic <laughs> freeze. We'd all end up in Proxima Centauri. <laughs> hey, Google, set the course, the nearest star. <laughs> not going to happen. So I, I wanted to get into a couple things where I think things get even more, not dangerous, but they're more problematic for us. Like, for example, it doesn't, these devices, we don't know who you are. If I go, hey, Google, what's my name? Your name is Ronald. Okay, that's good. He's got it. Alexa, what's my name? I'm not sure who's speaking, but you're in Ron's account. Okay, very good. Now, according to all of our sources, these devices will have voice authentication soon. And it's because I configured these devices with my name and my address that it knows who I am. But watch, it can't Well, it knows whose account it is. It doesn't know that it's you. Right. And I think that's a problem because we have an identity management issue, right? Right. So why don't you ask what your name is? Alexa, what's my name? I'm not sure who's speaking, but you're in Ron's account. That was the same answer. Hey, Google, what's my name? Your name is Ronald. Oh, that's nice. Thanks, K-Dubs. <laughs> now, here's an issue. Alexa, where do I live? You live on a beautiful planet called Earth. That's nice. I want to be a little bit more specific, though. Alexa, where do I live? You live on the third rock from the sun. Huh, pretty specific. Let me give you one more chance, Alexa. Get it right this time. Alexa, where do I live? You live on a beautiful planet called Earth. Wrong. Well, not wrong, but not specific enough. Hey, Google, where do I live? On the website goodreads.com, they say, where do I live? You live in your home. But where is your home? Wow, how can it be so dumb? Hey, Google, where do I live? On the website goodreads.com, they said... Now tell me, how is it that it knows my name and it has my address? Because clearly I have shipping configured in Amazon, Alexa, so it knows where it is. And a Google Home device is set up and knew where the temperature was and knew where I lived. It would even recommended nearby dry cleaners. Mm. So how does it not know where I live? That's Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I think one final thing, and this is another note that we mentioned this, I think, on the Assistant Enabled Commerce podcast. If not, we'll talk about it in a little more detail. And that there's an issue of what's something they're calling vendor disintermediation, where it's basically removing all of these, what's removing choice from the user. So I go, Alexa, book me a flight. Would you like to try kayak? No. Would you like to give Expedia a try? No. Would you like to give Skyscanner Flight Search a try? No. All right. Alexa, book me a flight on southwest.com. Yeah. You hear that? That's the, that's the sound of denial. That's what that is. It's a sign of, <laughs> hey, Google. Hey, Google. Book me a flight. Some popular flight destinations from Baltimore include Las Vegas and Los Angeles. Where do you want to go? Punta Cana. Upcoming round trip flights from Baltimore to Punta Cana start at $512. Do you know what dates you'd like to fly? Yes. All right. When would you like to go? Christmas. All right. What's your return date? New Year's. Sorry. What's your return date? New Year's. 
I missed it again. Try giving me the date, like December 28th. Of course, it's a cop-out. New Year's Eve. Round-trip flights okay. from Baltimore to Punta Cana leaving December 24th and coming back December 30th start at $626. Okay. Alexa, stop. So here's the point. Even when you're trying to do an actual freaking enabled commerce situation here, and you could talk to any travel agent and tell them you want to leave on Christmas and come back on New Year's and go to Punta Cana from Baltimore, they'd pretty much find a flight for you. Both of these devices failed. I had to basically say New Year's Eve when I actually really wanted to come back on New Year's. You can try the same thing with get me a hotel room or anything, but I don't know, Kathleen, what do you think? Are we ready for a system enabled commerce here? Well, I mean, I think that you've proven that one, there's a lack of, you know, I want to say diversity with booking. And then two, I think that this also can run into issues where maybe this is too long for voice, which was something that we had talked about. Maybe it's better for text, not voice. But I think the really major thing to bring up with all this is that if this is where we're going with these chatbots and voice, it's important that we did this test because it shows the lack of training that they have. And it also shows that this is not really practical right now. You know, it's fun and it's fun to have it sing a songs and it's great to let me know what the weather is in case I didn't catch it in the morning news or I don't feel like pulling up my computer. But to do simple things, I mean, you know, simple math, simple what's faster, it wasn't even good at that. So if I don't have background knowledge, then I do not know that it's providing me the correct or the wrong answer. And that is where things can get scary. Mm -hmm. Right. I think the question for us is to understand, like, well, what is really the purpose for what Amazon and Google and Facebook and Microsoft and Apple and all these books are doing? And are they showing us their best technology in these devices? If they are, they have a long way to go. If they're not showing us the best technology, they're showing us some consumer version. I'm like, okay, well, why aren't they putting the best in these devices? So it's kind of worrisome, I think, in both situations. We need to understand that situation. I think the other thing here, and I think this is another conclusion that we said at the beginning of this podcast, is that if you think about it, what really are these devices doing? Are they actually providing the knowledge? Are they really responding? Or are they just an interface to some back-end application that's truly trying to understand what I'm trying? to say and then providing the response. And I think if you look at how these devices are built, these are all just conversational interfaces. The chatbot is not actually doing it. The bot is not doing the work. It's the Google's cloud infrastructure and Amazon's cloud infrastructure and Microsoft's cloud infrastructure. They're the ones at Apple's infrastructure. They're the ones who are doing the processing to say, okay, well, what's their intent? What are they trying to say? What does a sentence mean? And so I think we really, despite the fact that we use the word chatbot many, many times as podcasts, we're starting to really believe that the chatbot is a bit of a misnomer, that there's really no bot in chatbot. If anything, a chatbot is just another way to say a conversational interface because you could have a great interface. If one of these systems was really great and it knew exactly what we were saying and it had a really poor back end, it would come back Un, not really able to process what we're saying and, right. and vice versa. If we had a really poor conversational interface that just didn't understand voice properly, didn't really know what words we were talking about and had a really great back end, it would still perform poorly. So I think to use the term chatbot is not really very useful here. And I think we at Cognolytica, I'm just going to talk about conversational interfaces and say it's a conversational interface to something. So what is it an interface to? Yeah. And I mean, we've been talking to vendors as well, and they have also expressed that sometimes the term chatbot is not necessarily useful to what they've built and people have a certain connotation with it. As we've just displayed here, they're not super smart, but some of the vendors that we've been talking to have built very smart conversational interfaces. And I think that when we 
interact with these dumb interfaces. Mm-hmm. It one, you're right, does not showcase what's out there and does not showcase the best that's out there. And I also am fearful that it is going to bring up the overpromise and underdeliver that we had talked about that brought about the first AI winter. So I don't know why they wouldn't want to put their best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a funny little joke video that we're going to link to also in the show notes here of HAL 9000 instead of being an Alexa bot. Oh, yeah. You should definitely watch that. And there's another really funny joke video of some poor Scotsman in an elevator who's just trying to get out and talking to Alexa. And of course, Alexa doesn't understand or, or whatever voice bot. The voice bot does not understand. So you should watch these. I think that's telling of where the zeitgeist is, where people's minds are at. If they're already starting to make fun of these devices, then, you know. Well, and if you get frustrated using them, then you'll just stop using it. So a good example is my husband husband and I were talking about this and he was so excited when the Palm Pilot came out and he wanted it because he thought that this was going to be such a useful tool and he was so excited and he got it and it ended up being a piece of junk and he never used it. It wasn't super helpful. And where's the Palm Pilot now? It's no longer. So if these devices don't start getting better and it doesn't always understand people. It can't authenticate people. It doesn't give you choice. I think that people will quickly stop using them as well. So there you go. I mean, this was a bit of a longer podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. And we're definitely going to link to all of this stuff in the show notes, all the references to the podcasts, to the videos that we talked about, to other things. You should definitely do it. And we're going to give you some more, I think also in our show notes, we'll give you some more examples of things you can try out with your own devices and see how they respond. Also, this is a bit of a moving target. I wonder if we came back to these things in a year from now, if these devices would get better. Because once again, these are just conversational interfaces. So what's happening is that maybe Google and Amazon, not maybe, but definitely Google, Amazon, Alexa, Facebook, they're all improving their backend technology. So maybe they'll listening to this podcast and they can give us some new things to test. Anything else? Nope. As always, listeners, thanks for listening and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, Subscribe to our newsletter and more. Please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright 2018 by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.